in the beginning, nurses would run away from me, you know, like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get the doctor, we'll get the doctor. And I was like, why? You know the information. I think that it's changed. I think more nurses are stepping into the limelight and, you know, using their knowledge to help spread the message. I definitely think that with the pandemic, we heard a lot more from, from nurses. And yes, I absolutely think that we need more of them, you know, in the limelight and sharing the message that the public needs to know. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa Donato, And I'm Marian Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a pen nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today on Amplify Nursing, we talk to Allie Gorman. After starting her career in the Navy Nurse Corps, Allie followed her passion and her mom's advice, earning a degree in broadcast journalism. For 13 years, Allie was a trusted health reporter for the Philadelphia ABC affiliate, Action News. Today, Allie talks about her nursing experience, how her nursing background influenced her journalism career, and her latest move as an entrepreneur launching her app, True Faves. So Allie, welcome to the Amplify Nursing Podcast. I am so excited to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited as well. So to get started, can you give a little background on the work that you have done in the past? So you were a nurse, um, or I should say you are still a nurse. Yes, I am still a nurse. So I did, let's see, I went to Georgetown University, got my Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Um, I did an ROTC scholarship. So as soon as I graduated, I was commissioned into the Navy as a nurse corps officer. I did four years serving in the Navy, and then I did one year civilian medicine. And then I went back to school at Northwestern University for broadcast journalism uh, with the goal of doing TV news health reporting. And then I did that for about the last 16 years, started in a small market in Lansing, Michigan, then jumped to Jacksonville, Florida, and then got the job with uh, 6ABC in Philadelphia. And I was there um, almost 13 years. So let's step back a little bit. And this is why I wanted to talk with you because your path here is so interesting and one that I really want nurses to be exposed to. I am a big proponent of nurses using their expertise in a way that exposes the general public to what nurses do outside of just clinical bedside nursing. And your role as a journalist really highlights that. But first, I'd really like to understand what led you to nursing and also to the ROTC, because, you know, I've spoken to a lot of nurses who have done the sort of joint nursing military role, and I think it's really interesting. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's kind of interesting because when you're, you know, heading off to college, and I think if you do become a nurse, that's your first career, then it's something that you're deciding on when you're like 17, 18 years old. So I just knew that I liked health and science and anatomy and chemistry. Those were the classes 
in high school that I was good at and that I enjoyed. So I had um, a really good high school teacher who kind of, you know, said, you know, maybe you should look at, you know, medicine or nursing. So that's what led me down that path. In terms of ROTC, I was applying to colleges and I think I was, you know, touring one of them and someone comes up and gives me a pamphlet for Navy ROTC. My dad was in the Navy. So, you know, he's looking at the pamphlet like, Ooh, what's this? And for me, it was what drew me in was kind of one, I was really into physical fitness at the time. And, you know, they talk about the physical challenges and, you know, these different kind of boot camps and training camps that you go to. And then also, and I'll be honest now, listen, my, my Navy experience was not like this at all, <laughs> but I talked to a recruiter who this woman was amazing. She was I mean, she had orders everywhere. She was in um, Sicily, Italy. She was in Japan. And then she was a nurse um, to the president. So she had this amazing career. So obviously I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. As I say, my Navy experience was not quite as interesting, but I think it was a good, I mean, I, I don't think anybody ever looks back at their military experience and think that they shouldn't have done it. It can be hard at times, but I think it really opens up a lot of doors and teaches you a lot. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And being a nurse to the president, I would imagine would be super cool. Depending on the president, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So then you you did some civilian nursing for a little while. Can you talk about what your role was um, in your civilian nursing positions? Sure. I actually, as I was three years into the Navy, and I knew at this point that I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I still loved medicine and healthcare, but I knew I wanted to do something a little bit more creative. So as I was kind of getting, getting out of the Navy, you know, within my four years, I started to look at different programs. So I got out of the Navy and I, I really just did one more year because all the, you know, kind of coworkers are like, you know, give, give it one year of civilian medicine, you might change your mind. So I went to New York City and I worked in New York City and I worked in two different hospitals. At the time, I was also studying for the GRE and looking at which broadcast journalism school I wanted to go to, because I had already made that decision that I was going to do it, but it was going to take a little bit of time to apply to the schools, do my GREs, get the funding and everything. And what was it about broadcast journalism that interested you? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I just, I knew I wanted to do something a little bit more creative and it was really just a simple conversation with my mom. I was, I was visiting at home and we were about to go shopping and there was a health report coming on. They, you know, they do the promo and I said, oh, hold on. I want to, I want to watch this before we go. So we watched this report and, you know, we're getting in the car. I'm like, God, I'd love to do that. And she's like, what? I'm like, you know, do like the health reporting for one of the TV stations. And she was like, well, why don't you? And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so um, I really didn't even know what went into broadcast journalism, but my mom uh, worked at Rutgers at the time. And the next day she, you know, on her lunch break, went over to the library and saw where there are different grad schools. And one was in Chicago and that's where I was living at the time. So she came home that night and she was like, Hey, look, you know, there's, there's different programs. If you want to start looking into them, if it's something you really want to do. Yeah. It just, it started with that simple conversation, but it really felt right. You gotta love moms, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 
So can you talk then about how your nursing experience and background has helped you with your journalism career and the work that you've done? It helps in so many ways. I mean, I will say that starting out broadcast journalism, like you really have to kind of get your experience um, to feel comfortable, but just having the background as a nurse, and then if I was doing the health reporting, I can take complex information and understand it and translate it into language that everybody can understand. I can also look at something, you know, there's a lot of news that comes out. There's a lot of research studies that come out. Some of them make a difference for the public. Other ones, you know, it's just kind of a headline or it could be misleading. So I will say my background as a nurse and just working in medicine, I was able to, I am able to quickly understand information, complex medical information, why it matters, if it matters, and then kind of what people at home need to know. And I think it's interesting, and or maybe I'm the only one who would think it was interesting, but what's it like doing these live broadcasts, having to quickly and succinctly take complex information and put it into a way that the general public can understand? Because that's a big part of health and science communication is being able to translate these complex things in a way that is engaging for the general public. It is. And I can say, you know, so I was a reporter for about 16 years. In the beginning, it was very difficult. I wanted to kind of give all the information that I could. I still could always take complex information and and make it understandable, but I almost wanted to, to relay too much information. The longer I did it, the more I learned. I mean, a lot of times it is taking those three main messages and uh, putting those into the news story and, you know, trying to wrap a personal story around it so that people at home are kind of drawn in and they can relate to it. And then having that expert to kind of give that expert um, information. But it's, uh, you know, they say that they say the KISS acronym and it's, uh, I think it's keep it simple, stupid, which I don't know why that stupid is at the end of it, but, um, but it's keeping it simple. So it's kind of what they really need to know and just putting that out there. Yeah. And for all of our listeners, these are really good tips for being able to create a story that you want to share information with either your patients or their families, easy ways for them to really understand complex information. Okay. So you were a journalist for 16 years. Do you think it's important for nurses to use their voices and expertise in this way, you know, there are a lot of ways now for information to be put out into the universe on social media, on podcasts. Do you think we should have more nurses in these journalism roles reporting on these important health and healthcare topics? Absolutely. Um, When you think of nurses, especially nurses in the field, they're having more contact with the patient and the families than a lot of the other providers. They're also the ones that are doing the education. They already know how to take complex information and simplify it so that people understand it. I know when I when I first got into this, you know, sometimes I would get messages on, you know, through email or Facebook and they say, you know, why didn't you inter- why don't you interview more nurses? And, you know, I am a nurse. Trust me, I always tried to get nurses and in, in the beginning 
nurses would run away from me, you know, like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get the doctor, we'll get the doctor. And I was like, why? You know the information. I think that it's changed. I think more nurses are stepping into the limelight and, you know, using their knowledge to help spread the message. I definitely think that with the pandemic, we heard a lot more from, from nurses. And yes, I absolutely think that we need more of them, you know, in the limelight and sharing the message that the public needs to know. So this is an interesting area because I know for a fact that some health systems don't even allow their nurses to speak to the public. And you're right. A lot of nurses also don't have the confidence to speak with journalists and often defer to their physician colleagues. You know what? You're right. And actually, I think this is on the hospitals and the health systems. A lot of them already have their go-to people. They have the people that when the the local media calls or the national media calls, they have their go-to people that they're going to reach out to, to do an interview. We need to have more nurses on that list. So whether it's a nurse going to the uh, media relations team and saying, hey, I want to be, you know, involved in this, or it's the hospital administrators looking to see, you know, which nurses are interested in this. And if they need a little bit of training, then let's get them a little bit of training. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and it's another reason why I really wanted to interview you. I mean, you're doing so many cool things and we're going to talk about your startup company in a second, but also to show nurses that they can and should be doing these things and to help them find that confidence to use their voice in this way, because I agree. During the pandemic, there were many more nurses being interviewed, but I still don't think there were enough. I agree. And I think the nurses, if you look at some of the, um, and I know just some of the nurses that I interviewed during the pandemic, not only can they talk about, you know, the the heavy research and, you know, the, the medical expertise, but they can also share that personal, um, those personal stories of what they were seeing in the hospital with their patients and with their families. So I think that is, I mean, it's invaluable to share that information. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So Ali, tell us about what you're doing now, because you left 6ABC and you are pursuing a new venture. Yes, I launched an app called True Faves, T-R-U-F-A-V-E-S, and it is in a nutshell, a better way to find reliable recommendations from trusted sources. Um, So one of our categories is health services. So if you think about it, if you needed a surgery or say your child needs a new pediatrician, um, are you gonna go on Yelp to find that healthcare provider? Most likely not. You're gonna ask your friends and family for a recommendation that you can rely on. So True Faves just comes back to the idea that the best recommendations come from people that you know and trust. And it's something that I had started as a side project about four years ago, you know, before the pandemic and had started it with some friends and it kind of took on a life of its own. It's been really fun. It's something, you know, it's something new for me to, to dive into the startup world But, you know, when we first started it, it was, you know, just doing a lot of research and doing a lot of surveys and testing and, you know, really to see if we can validate this idea. And I mean, I'll be honest that I I kind of, I, I put it on the back burner a couple of times because it's very difficult to launch a startup, but it kept coming up. I would kept, I kept getting like a text message or a Facebook message of people asking for a certain recommendation. And then I'm, 
you know, whether it's for a health service or even something as simple as, you know, a hairstylist, but I found myself writing out this information several times on several different platforms, sending it to, you know, different people. So that was the research that we started to do. We started to ask people like, hey, take a screenshot every time you're asking for a recommendation or someone's asking you for a recommendation and you have to stop and, and give that information. So yeah, I'm curious. So, you know, you've done so many different things and did you have any background in starting a startup? Like, how did you move from the idea phase to the implementation of this new idea? Because a lot of the work that we're doing at Penn Nursing and what I'm trying to do nationally is really encourage nurses to take that step. All nurses have amazing ideas on how to fix things in health and healthcare, but getting them to take that step from idea to implementation is really difficult. And partly because they don't know who to talk to, how to move it forward, how to put together a team, all the things that you need to know to start a new venture. So how did you take that leap? It has been quite the journey, really. It's been a, it's been a huge learning curve. I have been just kind of networking more than I ever networked, talking to a lot of people, reading a lot of books. I can tell you that the idea started four years ago. And at the time, you know, we thought, hey, let's create this app so that it makes it easier for us to swap these recommendations. And we were thinking just for us and our friend group. And then as we talked to more people, we're like, you know, they're like, you know, do you know how much it costs to, to create an app? And we're like, you know, so naive. We're like, no. <laughs> um, and then the more we learned, you know, we talked to people like, well, why don't you see if you can find a way to monetize it and actually make it a business? So that opened up kind of just this whole new way of thinking. But it's really, it's, and it's been a journey. It's been, I think it is very easy to come up with an idea. It is much more difficult to execute on it. I will say that there are a lot of people in the startup world that are available uh, to help people, whether it's through mentoring or coaching. And there's so many books where you can learn from it. I have a little bit of experience I had helped some friends who were doing startups. I was never the main founder, but I had helped them along the journey. And whether it was for, you know, my, my dad had helped as well, like starting with the business plan and then doing kind of some videos and kind of the marketing and the TV side. And then when I was actually a pretty new nurse, I had an idea for a medical, a medical, not a device, but it's something that you would use in the hospital to cover up an IV so I had tried to get a patent on it. So I'd kind of been a little bit down the road. I wasn't able to get the patent, so it, it didn't get very far. Um, but I at least started that journey of learning kind of what goes into launching something. Yeah, that's an incredible journey you have. And I just want to reiterate something you said. The innovation and entrepreneurship community, both in Philadelphia and nationally, are just an amazing group of mentors and resources who are always, I found, willing to help. And so also just making sure that nurses who are interested in these things know that they can reach out, they should reach out, and there are so many people who want to help you move your ideas forward. It's just finding those right people and taking those first steps. I went to my first Philadelphia Tech Week 
probably four years ago. And I'll be honest, I went in there and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk to people. And they're going to be like, what is she doing here? She's a health reporter. Like what, you know, what is she thinking that she's can, you know, launch a, a tech project? Um, but I found the opposite. People were like, oh, cool. Tell me about your idea. Oh, wow. How did you come up with that? So it was, and I, I got so many connections out of that people that I still talk to. So I do think people are willing to, to help you along the way. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Philly Tech Week. Mm -hmm. And for those who are listening all over, you know, check out your local tech innovation scene because, yeah, like Ali said, there's so many people who want to help. And what I've found recently, I think this is also uh, because of the pandemic, so many people are really interested in helping and supporting nurses launch their innovative ideas now as well. Even it feels like more so than pre-pandemic, although people were always really super generous with their time and resources. Yeah, I think nurses definitely have, um, I mean, they have a unique skill set and most of them, you know, if it's an idea that they're passionate about, um, you know that nurses are going to figure out a way to do it. So true. So where's your app at now? Can people download it or are you still working on getting it to where it's on the app store? How can we find your app? Yes. So it is uh, available for download on iPhone or Android. It's TrueFaves, T-R-U-F-A-V-E-S. We launched in July and we hit a thousand users within the first month. So we had a really good kind of launch Right now, we are tweaking some things. There are some things with just the development that we that we need to fix, but it's 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 there. And the goal right now is just to get traction. So, as I said, we have more than a thousand users right now. The goal is to get more people to download the app and then invite friends into their circle. The only thing is, is that if you join by yourself, you know, you can keep this as kind of a blog of all your faves. But if you're looking for a recommendation, you kind of need those trusted sources in your circle. So we have an ambassador program. And if anybody want, if anybody loves this idea and they want to join our ambassador program, then we're, we're still um, enrolling for that. And it is basically just helping us spread the word. So we're asking our ambassadors to demo the app, you know, invite 10, 12 people into their circle and that get those people to download the app and invite 10, 12 people into their circle. Um, with startups, I'm finding, you know, it's definitely a roller coaster. It's up and down and we're learning so much now that the app has been available for several months. I'm trying to, before we make any big changes and spend the money on these big changes, we're trying to just kind of follow what users are saying. And we're getting a lot of feedback about, hey, I'd like to see this category, or I wanted to see this here and I didn't see it there. So trying to follow the data and then make the changes that people are asking for. Yeah, we're a big proponents of the empathy phase of human-centered design and design thinking, which is listening to your users and getting feedback from them. And then, like you said, following the data, making updates as needed based on, you know, their needs because they're the ones using it. So mm-hmm. I think that's you know, it's the right way to go. You know, you've done so many things, Allie. You were a nurse, you were in the Navy, you were a journalist. Now you're doing this tech startup. Where do you see yourself going in the next, you know, five years? Oh my goodness. That's a tough question, Mary. (laughs) 
You know, I'm super focused on this app right now. So, and I know it's going to take some time to grow. I'm hoping that we can grow it to a point where we have, you know, millions of users and be able to, the whole point with it. And, you know, a lot of the reason why I wanted to do it is the competition out there. I feel like um, there's a lot of problems with it. If you look at some of the sites that are available, some of them have fake reviews, which, you know, when it comes to health services, you, the last thing you want to do is take advice from a fake review. And then I think a lot of the sites have become a barrage of complaints. You're getting bombarded with ads. You put something in and then all of a sudden, you know, you're being followed by a pair of shoes for the next six months. So I want to do things differently. So Five years, I just hope that True Faves is up and running, has millions of users. Those users are happy that there's a little bit more control for them over how their information is being used. And, you know, if we have advertising, how that advertising is reaching out to them and that they have control over what they want to see and what they don't want to see. Love it. Well, I am sure True Faves is going to be a huge success and I wish you all the luck on it. Is there anything else you'd like to mention or say before we end? You know, it it sounds a little bit crazy that I've I've started like with one thing, went to the next, went to the next. I think that my generation, I I just think that our, our parents' generation probably stayed in the same job for, you know, decades. I think that Currently, I think that people are probably not going to stay at the same job forever. And I feel like if you're starting to feel burned out or you feel like you're you're being called to something else, then definitely explore it um, because it really ignites like a passion in you when you're learning something new. It can be scary, but I think if something keeps coming up, even if it is difficult to execute, I think that it's so worth it to give it a shot. Yeah, I totally couldn't agree more. I don't think it's crazy. And I think we need nurses with that foundational knowledge doing all of these other jobs, doing health journalism, doing tech startups, doing design and getting their business degrees and becoming engineers and doing all of these things because then it gives all those professions that nursing lens, which includes empathy and all these things that nurses are known for in the profession and it just bleeds it out into these other areas. I think what you're doing is incredible and your journey is inspiring and I hope other nurses listen to this and are inspired as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's amazing. How are you? I am so good. I really enjoyed my conversation with Allie. The things that she's done with her nursing degree, first in the military, then as a health journalist for 6ABC, which is a local news station here in Philly, and now with her startup True Faves, it's really been an incredible journey. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to the conversation. And I think, like you said, she was at our local news affiliate for such a long time. So it was really cool for me to listen to her journey and talk a little bit about her backstory and what was going on with her and where she came from and what she did before. That was so fascinating to me because now it's like, I, I see her in a completely different light rather than just the reporter on the television. Who's, who's telling us about the health, health news. Yeah. And you know, at one point she sort of 
made it seem like she was trying to defend her jumping around in different positions from the military to health reporting to nursing to this startup. But actually, I think that's a great asset to have in an individual and in a nurse. You want nurses with different interests, different educational experiences, different backgrounds, because that then makes the lens of nursing even wider and it helps you relate to your patients, the community, or whomever you're interacting with in such a more rich way. I really can't stress enough how much I love nurses who do all of these other things because nursing is not just one thing. You're right. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that that's the nature too of just of growing as a professional person, right? You see things, you learn things, you enjoy things, you kind of move in another direction. We're not static. And I think that people who are really fluid in their careers, who are able to learn and grow and and jump off from different points, make for really, really interesting people. And they do really cool stuff because they're excited about what they're doing and they're interested in what they're doing. And they want to share what they're doing with other people. And it's so always so interesting, I think, to watch somebody who's had that career trajectory go. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then the other thing I just want to make sure we talk about is with nurses using their voices and interacting with either local or national news agencies, nurses should be speaking up when we have pandemics, when there's a variety of different public health issues going on. We are experts in these areas, just like physicians, and we should feel empowered to use our experience and knowledge to speak up and speak out about these issues. Yeah, agreed. Uh, But, and you actually made this point during the interview, that many institutions specifically tell their nurses not to talk to anybody about anything. And it's funny when you said that a little light bulb kind of went off in my head and I started to think like, wow, that really kind of bleeds into all kinds of other things, doesn't it? When we're not allowed to talk out loud about the things that we're seeing and that we're doing on a regular basis, um, it all has to go through, you know, an HR or a media outlet within, you know, whatever organization that you work for, you can't just talk to the people walking into the building. Um, I think that kind of bleeds into it and, and it sort of like sits in the, in the zeitgeist, if you will, of nursing that you cannot speak for nurses. That just sort of made me think about that when that popped up in the interview. Yeah. Health systems need to really think long and hard about how they're silencing their nurses. Physicians can talk to the media as much as they want. Why can't nurses? What is that about? And that needs to change. And we saw it during the pandemic. There were so many nurses who wanted to speak to news agencies and were not allowed because of the institutions they worked for. And yeah, it needs to change. But it's only going to change if nurses start speaking up and making it change. Agreed. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with special thanks to Jonathan Zhu for his assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through.
We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can do us a solid, please rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.